the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be here today. Well, the news today is, boy, oh boy, on the edge of your seat. If you're not on the edge of your seat by now, you really aren't living because uh, the press conference with Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, and Lynn Wood, and I think one or two others, was extraordinary. We'll talk about it in a minute. It's what you need to know. Also, I want to tell you, don't forget, head over to Parlor at Ed Martin, head over on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, on uh, so Facebook, Ed Martin Live, and of course, go to ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the Daily Wink every day. It's Ed Martin. It's great to be with you here at the um, Pro America Report, and uh, it is uh, going to be an exciting, exciting day. So, um, if you uh, if you are uh, interested again in following, you need to go to uh, uh, the um, the great uh, internet. Go to Twitter or somewhere and watch the great um, press uh, press conference that Rudy Giuliani did uh, and uh, with Sidney Powell and others. Uh, it was um, extraordinary. It was extraordinary. It's um, let me just tell you what you need to know. First of all, I did this in a Periscope, uh, the uh, the Periscope um, to earlier today, which you can go to at Eagle Ed Martin and follow on Twitter. And uh, the reality is this. What Rudy said was the factual evidence that people have been saying, where's the facts? Where's the facts? And even more importantly, what Rudy said, Rudy Giuliani, was that the facts that he presented with affidavits. Now, remember, I keep telling you. Proof is different than evidence. In order to prove something, you've got to have a good enough evidence and you have to go ahead and get the evidence and put it all together. So for days and weeks, you've had the press saying, oh, my gosh, where is the evidence in this matter? And here's the reality. Rudy presented the evidence today, affidavits, specific instances, uh, you know, photographs, all kinds of evidence. Is it proof? We'll find out. But what Rudy was saying was something even more important, and that's this. This is the most important thing about Rudy's presentation today. He was not alleging that there were a thousand dead people that voted in Detroit. That happened, you know, whatever number. He wasn't alleging that there was, um, you know, 272 ballots that were uh, disappeared, that were Trump voters. That happened, too. Although those are important, it's hard for those to add up to the level that gets you to change an election. And so the reality is you've got to show more. And Rudy did. Rudy presented, again, facts that indicate we're not talking about 10,000, 20,000. We're talking about perhaps 100,000, 200,000. Now, people can, when you present evidence, Rudy Giuliani called it an opening argument. You, You can expect that the other side is going to refute it. Okay, fair enough. But what you know today now is they're not talking about a few things, a few places. Rudy was talking about 10 states. And here's the second part of Rudy's uh, report today, Rudy's uh, press conference that should give you pause and understand this is uh, far from over. 
The second part that Rudy said, and remember, <clears throat> although Rudy Giuliani has become something of a of a national figure, you know, kind of a personality, um, he was originally a fearless, you know, uh, tough as nails prosecutor, U.S. attorney who in New York City took on the mob. Like, you know, some people take on like Wall Street. That's pretty tough. They got big lawyers. You take on the mob. I mean, the mob. They, they, this is the old mob, the mafia. And Rudy took him on. And so Rudy knows what he's talking about. Then he was the then he was the uh, mayor of the biggest city in the world. It's bigger than most countries. It's really like the top ten in the whole country. The law enforcement alone is like an army. And so Rudy's not a kid, and he's not inexperienced. And he what he laid out today was that there was a significant enough fraud, and that in the ten states, I believe he referred to ten states, the fraud and the conduct was similar. And he said it was similar in a way that they didn't just wake up and say, hey, I know what we'll do. We'll exclude the poll watchers and I'll do that in Philadelphia. And somebody by chance has the same idea in Milwaukee. No, Rudy was saying and he was saying we'll have to prove it, that it was a coordinated effort. And let me say it. I don't think he did. It was organized crime. It was organized crime, and he landed it right at the feet of the Democrat Party. He said, it's not here. They asked him, do you think Joe Biden directed? He said, I don't know what Joe Biden actually does if he makes decisions. But he said, it certainly is to the benefit of Joe Biden, nobody else. And you start to add all these things together and you say, huh, okay, so that was the biggest thing about Rudy Giuliani's, uh, what he talked about today and what the filings. He had actual affidavits. He had specific facts. Here's another one. Overvote. Now, you might not know that term. If we had a half decent, honest press, you would know it by now, because here's how this works. If you vote in a county, let's say your home county has 30,000 registered voters, and usually you'll have, let's say, 66% turnout. So 20,000 people out of 30,000 registered voters will turn out to vote. That'd be pretty high. So I think this time it was more like 70 in a lot of places, sometimes 75. But let's go ahead and say in this election, people were so excited, 100% of the people voted. 30,000 people out of 30,000 registered voters in your county voted. Would be extraordinary, wouldn't it? Now, what happened if 31,000 people voted and there were only 30,000 registered votes? Well, maybe you would say, huh, our, our voter system, our registration system didn't keep up with the, the influx of people that want to live in our great city and so our great county. So maybe we missed that. Could be. Not really likely, but it could be. Okay. What happens if 60,000 people vote in your county that has 30,000? That's what happened in Wisconsin. That's what happened in Michigan. In multiple counties that are controlled by Democrats, Rudy pointed out, you had not like 105% voting, you know, 105% of registered. No, no, 150, 200, 300%. It's a way to get massive number of votes in and on its face, it's fraud. On its look, if you had a hundred people registered in your small town and a hundred and one voted, you could explain it, and that's one percent. You can't explain if you had a hundred people in your small town and two hundred voted. You can't explain it except by fraud. So Rudy laid all this out. Rudy was very powerful. Let me slide though over to Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell, I believe my gut on this, and I said this again on Periscope. Sidney Powell actually has uh, in her arsenal in terms of the expertise on this, a lot of the um, questions and a lot of the conduct by Dominion, the software company, which the hackers tell me, and you heard uh, Patrick Byrne, and I might play that uh, interview again today. Uh, I think I will, because Patrick Byrne was so persuasive. You listen to Patrick Byrne, you realize, huh, 
the hackers have figured out that this thing is um, is really rigged. And, and it, you can use the algorithms, you can use backdoors, you can use things to move the whole election. And, it, you, you know, Sydney talked about foreign intervention and the foreign owned, and that's all true. But I think the bigger thing is the math guys are telling you, you can do the math guys, the tech guys, the hackers. You could use this system to change the election. And people don't even know how it happened. You can't even see it. And I believe Sydney, my gut is Sydney was not quite as ready, you know, to, to, to talk about some of the specifics because it's more complicated, as complex as can be. And so what you had was Rudy and the president and their lawyers knew, hey, we got to do something. It's, you know, Thursday. It's a 10 days after the election. We got to get out there and actually uh, make this case because people are starting to get, you know, a little bit more. Actually, it's two, two weeks plus. It's two weeks and two days. Sorry, I misspoke. And uh, so I think they needed to have the press conference and they needed to get it out there. And so Sydney's, when you listen to her, by the way, how powerful is it when she speaks about corruption? I mean, this woman knows corruption. And when she says it's corrupt, you, I mean, you just, you just look, I looked up, I looked up at the, I was looking down at my phone and my computer. I looked up and I was like, holy cow, it is um, unbelievable, unbelievable to see her. Now, let me just finish by telling you this. While I'm in the middle of that whole thing, I get an email. A tech, I'm um, not an email, I'm um, what is, group hangouts, hangouts with my friend John Schlafly. And John Schlafly says to me, to types, what if you release the Kraken and nobody covers it? And that's what we're in right now. We're in a war of information where we're trapped and the media, Fox News came back from covering the press conference, did one segment which badmouthed it with Andy McCarthy, who I like to read his writing, but I think he's wrong a lot. And then they went on to something about COVID telling me not to travel for Thanksgiving. We're in an information war like you've never seen, like you have never, ever seen. And it's a battle and it is going to be uh, it's going to be something that we have to keep fighting through. So listen, go and watch that press conference. Understand the two details, three details. Rudy showed factually that there were big, big votes, number of votes moved by fraud. OK, number two, Sidney Powell showed how the electronic system is corrupt and showed pretty clearly, and we got to get to the bottom of that. And number three, we're in information war. It's a war. And right now we're just, we're trapped by their fraud, the media, fake news fraud. And the only thing we could do is keep fighting our way out. All right, we will take a break and come back. I'm going to play that Patrick Byrne interview from yesterday because it's all about this problem. It'll sound even more important today. We'll take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I've been telling you about some of the conversations I've been having for a few days, and I have told you the man I talked to, I met him for the first time on Sunday. His name is Patrick Byrne. He is the founder of Overstock.com and built it up into a multi-billion dollar company, a high-tech company and a sales company. Himself, he's a billionaire, but he was watching the elections and even before the election started, he was saying some of the systems around the elections didn't make sense. And he's a tech guy. He's a he's a tech CEO. And so he dug into this and, and he's been talking about that a little bit on the radio and other places, but he's also been digging into it. So first of all, welcome, Patrick, to the program. How are you? Ed, it's a great honor to be on. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, it's great to talk to you. And I know, you know, you, you, 
Well, yeah, you and I, I was going to say, you and I know, I know of you because for many years you were someone who was advocating about the markets, you know, Friedman Foundation, you're on the board, a school choice guy. But this is kind of like a cross-section of your experience as a business CEO and your concern about the system. So first of all, tell me what made you think to dig into this election? Because you were digging in before the election happened. That's correct. I've been digging in since August. But the truth of it is, this really all started two years ago. And that because in 2018, the Dallas election, Dallas, Texas, had some real irregularities. The state government of Texas hired a computer security, a cybersecurity firm to study it. That company has had two years to reverse engineer how do you hack an election run by Dominion equipment. So what the America, mm-hmm. what you're trying to understand in the last two weeks, they've had two years to understand. I joined up in August with them and another cybersecurity firm and hired a bunch of hackers. We knew this was coming. Back in July, August, we knew this was coming. Interestingly enough, we tried DHS. It was tried to be briefed to, well, it was briefed to CISA and DHS, and they shut it down. They sat on it. The guy running CISA, in <laughs> fact, uh, uh, is totally, anyway, different story for a different day. The main thing right. you need to hear, viewers need to know is this is not election fraud is very conceiving and we're thinking you know we're hearing about 500 dead people here who voted and this and that that's not the main event there's you know trump is being, and by the way i didn't even vote for trump just to be clear i'm a libertarian i believe in the constitution and that's my interest i'm not a trump voter nor am i a trump hater but i just i can promise this was completely hacked and not at the level people are talking about of 10,000 votes that Trump is ahead somewhere or behind somewhere and they can make that up because we eliminate some dead votes. That's not the main event. He's been, there are like 600,000 illegal votes in Arizona. There's six to 800,000 illegal votes for Biden in Michigan. We hacked the systems. We see reverse engineered the hacks. We know there's about 10 different flaws, 10 different ways it was done. But the main event is these places where he's behind 10 or 15, 20,000 votes the truth is the other side has it doesn't they, it, it's not even close. They have like hundreds of thousands of illegal votes they took advantage of so, in order to have come from behind victory. So this is not even close. Uh, and the, so uh, I'll, I'll stop. <clears throat> well, let me add. And so we're talking with Patrick Byrne again. He's he's Overstock.com founder and, and built up this massive tech company, sold it off, made billions of dollars, a very successful guy, could could do whatever he wants. And, I, and I, when I met him, it was a Sunday night and he was up with a bunch of tech engineers and hackers trying to talk about down to the to the code level and all. So but Patrick, pull back for our, our listeners and, and 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 who would manage this? Is it, is it someone sitting in in China that's flipping switches? Is it someone sitting in each state? Is there one centralized way this works? I mean, how you, the way you describe it is almost impossible to believe. Who's behind it, do you think? It's incredibly porous. It's far more porous than they're letting on. My, my colleagues I'm working with, I've asked them on a scale of 1 to 10, how difficult is this to hack? Their considered response is a 2, perhaps a 1. Uh, hmm. the, it runs from everything. The, the software itself has built-in cheats. We, we got the instruction manuals. It's amazingly different than what they're telling the public. There are administrator privileges. You know, in your, local, your small business, whatever, whatever you've got, there's an administrator right. who actually runs. That, the administrator of every precinct, and, any, and there can be numerous people with those credentials, and it's easy to steal those credentials. The administrator can go in and shift, shift votes. If you go up, let me give you an example. 
Uh, So where is it being run? It's absolutely the trail leads overseas. There are trails that disappear overseas. Uh, The Frankfurt, Germany story is real. Seidel has come out and said they don't have a, 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 well, a corporation or subsidiary there. Well, they're talking through their hat. I know who, we know who, the the data definitely was being transferred to Frankfurt, Germany. There's a professor in, in the internet out there who is, was connected on the night of election night in America, how it sort of swamped the internet in in Germany, in Frankfurt, Germany, because of there actually is a deep connection, but and it's not uh, anyway, there are definitely the trail leads overseas. The software was originally developed by uh, in Venezuela. So in there's a Venezuela and Nicaragua Cuban connection. It has been stealing elections in Latin America, the software it has gotten into our systems through Dominion and Dominion became these two different companies. I mean, their, their technology got um, bought out, and so it became Dominion and ESNS. It's the same software there. That software was built by Chavez, so you could shave points between candidates, and you can you get halfway through the election, and you see how much your guy's behind, and there's statistical calculations that are done that say, okay, for now, and we get a shave three and a half percent of every votes that all the votes that come in from the opponent and ship them to this other guy. So believe it or not, in the instruction manual, it tells, it tells there are those settings, there are obscure programs within the, within the systems of Dominion that just let administrators start shading points. Beyond that, there are ways that you can upload thousands and thousands of tens of thousands of fake votes, illegal votes. You can't, the, the safeguards that you, if, if somebody comes in with a stack of 50 Biden votes and they can feed them right. into the machine and run them over and over, if you also mm-hmm. have the complicity at low level, so some, there's basically 10 different cheats in the system that we've identified. Some of them could be done from overseas and, and hacking in from the file transfer protocol level. Some of them are, you got to have some dirty poll workers who only have to do tiny little things that create vulnerabilities. So, for example, let me give you an example. Mm. Let me walk you through one example. There's a, okay. there's a green button on some of the Dominion machines, and you walk up with your ballot. They give you a Sharpie to fill it up. You walk up with your ballot. Your poll worker helps you feed it into the machine, and a little warning comes up. It says it may not be uh, readable, my, uh, it's been, and you can, you can go and do it again, or you can hit the green button. If you hit the green button, right. little old lady... It's going to go in this other stack, and judges will look at it later. Save yourself some trouble. You don't want to stand in line another hour. Just hit the green button. Don't worry. It'll come out in the wash. So they hit the green button. You think your vote is going into some pile that's going to become adjudicated later. In fact, and you know, people are going to sit and physically examine it and such. In fact, however, the administrator of that precinct, and there can be many, can come in, and just at the end of the day, there's 823 uh, of, the, of such times that the green button right. hit, he can just drag and drop and allocate those all to one candidate, say Biden. So that's mm. why you get this spike of 823 in a row, all going for one guy. That's, it was not adjudicated. Now to do this, you need the cooperation of some people at the count at the precinct level that who will be the goons. What's key to understand this idea that the, the left is out there saying, well, there was no widespread, no evidence of widespread man argument. It's not that it needs to be widespread. What they did was they picked five counties that if you hack those five counties, you hack the states, and by hacking those states, you hack the electoral college. You see, you, and those counties are Maricopa, 
Atlanta, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, and uh, uh, eight, the, the one up by Detroit. And yep. cleverly, the left did this. Now, I'm saying this as a libertarian. I never voted for Republican for president in my life. But I'm a fanatic that this, you know, this is offensive to this is the end of America if this stands. This can't possibly stand. What they did was they right. picked these five places and they picked places that were like four of those places are very heavily black. So as this starts getting exposed, you're going to see uh, the bad guys come out and say, oh, this is some attack on black voters, this and that. That's because they picked, as always, the left went and hid behind. They found black, the black community to hide behind just a new way that they're using and misusing the black community. That has nothing to do with uh, black. those machines and those. By the way, black, those- yeah. But- by the way, they did it already last night in uh, Michigan when the canvassers in Wayne County said there's a problem we don't want to certify. They literally just did what you said. They said this is racist. They quickly had African-American leaders and others out saying this is racist. You're blocking black votes. And of course, there's nothing that scares a lot of people, but especially Republicans more than being called a racist. All right, Patrick Byrne, I just got a couple minutes left. I want to ask you this. When I talked to you on Sunday and Monday and you walked me through a lot of this and I ran an election board, I said, holy cow, this is beyond the scope of a dead man voting or a, uh, you know, somebody stuffing 10 ballots. And but here's the thing. You've done a bunch of uh, media. You've talked to, you know, some uh, Newsmax. I saw you talk to uh, Tracy Beans, my friend who's got a great podcast. And it doesn't seem like anybody's listening. Now, you're a billionaire tech CEO. You're not like. Joe Sixpack, who just wandered in and said maybe they stole the election. Why aren't people listening? Gosh, Ed, it's almost like you're suggesting the fix is in or something. <laughs> well, I want you to say it, not me. I mean, but I, I mean, for somebody like you, I, not a lot of billionaires, most billionaires get heard when they speak. I'm being serious now. You know, you, you have a little less trouble than, than, than normal people. And, and I, I'm being serious now. I mean, do you, are you, what are you, when you see that, are you saying, holy cow, that makes it even worse than you thought? Oh, yeah. There's no question that the fix is in with the mainstream media. Listen, Fox has been asking me on. I came public with a little bit of what I know a year ago. I ejected from my company and went public. People might remember the night of August of last year. I went on Fox. Martha McKellen told what I know. I had Fox and other, other, okay, I might as well name them, CNN, people like that have been asking me for a year, begging me to come on and tell the rest of the story. I got in touch with them in early October and said, okay, the end is, you know, it's not, I was waiting for the process to work. It hasn't worked. I'll come up publicly and tell it. All of them, once they understood what I knew, they have all, uh, I mean, I've been on Fox a hundred times in my life. They have gone corner silence. They will not let me on. Uh, the mainstream will not. It's only the independent press. And the, the fix is totally in uh, with the press. Wow. I well, mean, not even yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. No, it's, no, no, I just, I mean, I think it's, it's, stu- it's stunning. It's uh, stunning. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. People have to understand that you know, we're looking at, you're looking at places where Trump is behind 14,000 or 20,000 votes and wondering if you can eke it out by checking, you know, the, the, the dead, who, how many dead people vote and stuff. It's a complete distraction. We can prove that there were 500,000 illegal votes cast. And that's why, and that's how Biden won by, for Biden, and that's how Biden won by 20,000. It's the mm-hmm. amount of fraud swamps by fat and order of magnitude the kinds of numbers people are imagining were t- that, it, you know, that's going to be found by dead men voting kind of stuff. It's, but it's just not mm-hmm. the, the real fraud is measured in the hundreds of thousands at the state level. 
All right, I got to go. Patrick Byrne, Overstock.com was his company. He sold it, made a lot of money, and now has been doing a lot of different things, and this is one of them. We'll have you back on, Patrick. Thank you very much. We'll watch it closely. I know some of what you've been saying has been picked up by some of the lawyers for the uh, for the president and others, and uh, I expect we'll be seeing more about it. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Anytime, Ed. Thanks. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend, John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, is the co-author with his brother, Andy, of the Schlafly Report, which is available over at townhall.com and also archived every week. It's a weekly column over on phyllisschlafly.com. And this week's column is called Biden's Dark Winter Coming Early. Uh, Welcome, John Schlafly. How are you? How are you, Ed? Uh, I'm good today. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Now, let me, before we get to the column and, and all that's going on, because the dark winter that uh, Joe Biden has promised, um, and, you know, we're talking about the election, uh, he's talking past it, of course, about COVID and everything else. Um, John, what's your thoughts on the election right now? I know you're watching it closely. You're, you yourself have some uh, familiarity with how elections can be, you know, uh, impacted and fraud accusations and all. What's your feeling right now? Well, just to remind your listeners, Ed, that uh, the president has not elected until the electors meet on December the 14th. Uh, no state has certified their election yet, and that process, the process of certification is underway. There are serious and legitimate disputes going on in about six states, and we'll see what happens because uh, I think that it could change even at this late date. It um, well, and I, 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 we just had an interview, John, which I know you couldn't hear because you're, you're we're talking now. But with uh, Patrick Byrne, the Overstock.com CEO, retired CEO, billionaire, um, and he was walking through how the um, the changes made based on what they found in the hack was hundreds of thousands of votes, four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, six hundred thousands made just with the amount to try to win. So it's not a not a coincidence that in the five or six states where big shifts happened, they happened with just enough to to hang on for Biden. So we'll see. Uh, some of that is what uh, Sidney Powell is uh, relying on, I'm told, and we'll see what happens. But all right, let's go to your column, John. Uh, Biden's dark window. Joe Biden made this comment about the dark window. Walk us through um uh what he was saying and then he repeated it again i think the phrase dark winter in the last i thought in the last day or two but what's happening with what you're seeing what's the column about well yes and uh i think it's kind of a creepy uh expression to be honest about it you know uh, uh, biden first uh, mentioned that in the debate with president trump and he said we're going to have a dark winter and president trump reacted to that with Surprise. He says, no, well, we're opening up our country. We can't be locked up in the basement the way, the way Joe is. But um, Biden was undeterred, and earlier this week he gave a speech um, and which he again said that we're going to have a dark winter. So he's fixated on this idea. And, of course, in between those two dates... Are we turned our clocks back, so everything is literally darker. <laughs> right, uh, right. And uh, uh, dark winter is both literally and figuratively dark winter, meaning that uh, Americans are going to be shut up in our homes. And, you know, that's tied into the, um, 
the idea that we can't celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, and when Biden himself uh, said that, uh, and again, he said this in, the, in his dark winter speech on Monday, that uh, he said, well, the experts really say that no more than five people should gather in any home, but certainly a maximum of 10. And immediately then, the Democratic governors around the country, including New York, New Jersey, Michigan, Washington, and California, all immediately, within 24 hours, said uh, issued new orders saying um, uh, gatherings in homes for Thanksgiving are limited to 10 people. And, hmm. um, I mean, and the California was went on with several pages of further guidance and said, you know, no shouting, no singing, no exercising. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. And, uh, there, there can't, you, can't have a fa- you can't have a family Thanksgiving without no, shouting. I mean, no, come on, let's get can't. real here. I, I mean, this is, not. This is... No, that's part of the deal. Uh, you know, speaking uh, you know, vigorously to our long lost. I don't know, but I don't know. I can, I, I, I can forego the singing part. I'm okay with that. I don't know if you've heard well, my Aunt Mary and sing. And then they went into musical <laughs> instruments. They said, "Okay, oh. musical instruments, but but only if if they're members of the same household, and no wind instruments. Only You're musical kidding. instruments if they're not wind instruments." Now, this is the state of California. Well, uh, that I didn't know that. Well, your brother Roger's out there in California. Does he have any wind instruments? We're gonna need, uh, no. We need to check on this. You well, may need to call someone in. Uh, but John, okay, John, is it? it there's a real virus, and the and the numbers of the uh, of of people infected has gone up, which was predictable because people are more inside more. The death rates have gone down, right? I mean, we have more treatments. There's more. So, but is it? What's going on here? I mean, is this this a control thing? I mean, is it? You know, I think you and I both shared a sort of spirit of skepticism uh, six or eight months ago when President Trump said we got to lock down, but we said, well. It, you know, we must we must need to do that. Let's try it, right? Now we're six or eight months later. Where are we now, John? Is this just people grabbing power? Is it, it, it what is this? Well, I do think it is uh, people grabbing power, and these rules are being issued only by Democrats. Now, I don't have, and, and there are governors, mayors, county executives, and. and uh, uh, you know, for instance, the governor of New Jersey, where the limit had been 25, he said, no, we're going to have to ratchet it back to 10. And But, you know, Joe Biden is giving them all permission to do that. They all think Biden is going to be the next president, and they expect there's going to be a national lockdown and a national mask order and a national shelter-in-place order. They all expect that. They want that. And, yes, I do think that control is part of it. Of course, uh, we we're all have varying degrees of concern about the virus, even though only a time, very small fraction of the people who catch the virus become seriously ill. And, uh, you know, I'm concerned about it. And uh, many Americans do have uh, pre-existing conditions, and they should be concerned. Uh, but... As President Trump said in the debate, you know, we've got to move forward. We just cannot stay locked up, and we have to take a risk at some point. You know, life goes on, 
and uh, children are born and being raised, they need to be educated, and they need to go out and meet people. We have to meet other people. That's part of life. Uh, the perpetual lockdown, which we first thought, thought was only going to last until Easter, I mean, it cannot last until Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, otherwise, you know, well, life is, you know, this is not life if we cannot honor our families and our holidays. John, um, we're talking with John Schlafly, and again, his column is over at townhall.com and uh, available also at phyllisschlafly.com. Um, John, is it, um, I mean, what's the, here's a question that I think they're missing. At every level, I think, except for the rigged presidential election, the Republicans won, right? In other words, in the state level, a statewide level in Pennsylvania, in the New Hampshire legislature, in other words, the party that was for more lockdowns seemed to lose. The party that was for more defund the police seemed to lose. Uh, it, did did that? Did I miss? Did, am I misreading that? Did the public? Because the Democrats, it seems to me, are gambling again on, on politically on this move when some of them are going to be up for reelection pretty quick, and 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 they probably are going to pay the price. Did is that message not what should have been read into the election, or was it just lost because of all the other stuff? Well, I think you're right. Although for the average person, I mean, the presidency overwhelms all these other races and. Uh, you know, there's two years until the next election. That's a long time off. And I'm sure they think that, uh, well, we'll worry about that in 2022. Uh, there's short-term thinking. But uh, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. And so that's exactly what we're seeing here, Ed. The crisis is being used as a pretext to expand uh, social control and it's not just government, because it's the social media companies, too. And uh, the social media companies feel now, they now feel empowered, despite the hearing that was held in the uh, Republican Senate yesterday, they feel empowered to uh, in enforce what they call norms, which is basically what their uh, unknown uh, board of uh, you know, the people behind the curtain decide how everyone else should behave and what everyone should say on social hmm. media. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, it's it's more than a little disturbing at this point. I mean, I think in some ways and, and here's the thing. Here's another way to say what I just said uh, to, to qualify it. If the election was about um, people wanting more control and open up and the cure can't be worse than the, the ill and all. The Democrats don't care because it looks like they don't have to worry about elections. They'll keep winning no matter what. I mean, they'll, they'll stay in control. I mean, because that seems to be the message. But um, I don't know. I got to tell you, John, you and I have talked about this in other columns and other times. The, uh, parents of school age children are beside themselves with how this is going for their kids. I mean, it's they're just, you know, you talk about it's one thing to take away my chance to have uh, Thanksgiving. It's another thing to mess with my kids. And I, I just think they're going to pay a, a heavy price. All right, John, unfortunately, I got to go. John Schlafly, the Schlafly Report, available at townhall.com, also over at phyllisschlafly.com. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. 
On this date in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln delivered one of the greatest speeches in American history. We know it as the Gettysburg Address. Our nation faces great divisions today, just as it did in 1863. With this in mind, I'd like to recite the Gettysburg Address in its entirety so that we can apply President Lincoln's timeless message to our situation today. Pay careful attention. His words may be exactly what all Americans need to hear today. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Hey, I got to tell you about this one. This is not exactly related to, I know all the politics, but I can't resist this because it makes me so upset. I am so upset. Um, You know, last year I coached basketball for my son. Um, My son is in uh, eighth grade now. He was in seventh grade last year. And I coached the team. We did the draft. At the end of the draft, I made sure to pick the one kid in the league who has Down syndrome. And he played with us. And so we had one extra player, this young guy with Downs, and he was the best. He was the best player on the team because we loved him and we took care. He wasn't the best player, of course, but he was the best. And he got the MVP for our team and we put him in the all-star game and our team was great. It was just magic. It was a wonderful thing, a wonderful experience for me, for the boys on the team and for him. And I was so happy. I've always loved the Down syndrome kids, I've always thought that they're special. They have a special sort of way that they bring out uh, goodness. And a few years ago, I read a column in the LA Times, which I've never been able to find again 
It was a liberal reporter, a woman, who said it breaks her heart to walk around L.A. and see no children with Downs because she realizes they're all being aborted. And she, a liberal, has a son with Downs. I think it was a son. And she said he's been the light of her life. And I always found that very moving because, of course, the movement in America is to abort any baby that doesn't have the right kinds of things that you're supposed to have because the culture tells you. So in the Atlantic magazine, an author named Sarah Zhang, lengthy piece, December 2020 issue, about the last children of Down syndrome. And it's how prenatal testing is changing who gets born and who doesn't. This is just the beginning. And it's absolutely sickening. It makes me sick to read how matter-of-factly we talk about taking certain people in and out of existence. It's just haunting. It haunts me to read it. I don't encourage you to read it. I just want you to put a check on yourself and our society to understand if you get to pick who lives and dies because you can abort all the babies, just understand some, sooner or later they're going to pick and choose some of the folks you like. Maybe it's not just the Downs kids. Maybe it's uh, people that have other anomalies, people that, you know, <clears throat> why should we have the burden of people with asthma? Uh, why should we have the people, burden of people with diabetes? Why should we have, you go on and on. But it's especially haunting if you know Down syndrome, people with live with Down syndrome, families. I'm not saying it's easy, by the way. I'm not saying it's simple <clears throat> for those families, but I am saying it's life, and it just upsets me greatly. So if you, um, if you, uh, if you have a few moments, it's worth reflecting on that, praying about it maybe, and keeping it in your heart and mind because it's just haunting stuff. All right, sorry to finish on a down note. We'll be back tomorrow. we got a lot more to cover. I'll give you updates from Georgia, updates from Michigan, all sorts of updates tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in Pro America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director, Joanna, for booking the guests, and we'll be back tomorrow again. Pro America Report, Ed Martin, great talking to you.